0: Drink wide, Vancouver. Free game, post game, every game. Presented by Bodog from Sports Odds. Free casino games make a play at bodog.net. Why do here with you with another edition of the post game show? Because honestly, it feels like we're about to get into a post game show. <laughs> uh, just watched Latvia and Switzerland at the World Hockey Championship. And the reason why we were watching that, of course, keeping our eyes on Arthur Siloffs, the goalie for Latvia. Latvia needed a single point in this game. To be able to advance to the quarterfinals, and JPAT, Pat, they got more than a single point. They got two as they get the OT winner, and they are now moving on to the quarterfinals off the back of a fantastic performance by their goaltender, in Archer Seelos.
1: I haven't had that much fun watching a hockey yeah. game in a long time, and we did 82 post games in the regular season. We did preseason post games. Uh, there wasn't a lot of fun there. And look, I I don't have any rooting stake, although how could you watch that and not be pulling uh, for the Latvians? But it was just like, not often will you see a hockey game where a team wins and you say, well, you know what? The overtime goal, that wasn't even the most important goal of the hockey game. By far, the more important goal was the 3-3 goal because all Latvia needed was a single point. They needed to get it to overtime to book their ticket to the quarterfinals. And they got out in front. The game was tied 2-2 midway through the third. You're thinking, all right, they're in pretty good shape. Arthur Silov's looking good, holding down the fort. And then Switzerland got the go-ahead goal, and the Swiss were unbeaten to this point in this tournament. Yeah. Like now, Switzerland didn't have anything to play for, and that was part of the dynamic as well. It meant everything to Latvia and absolutely nothing to Switzerland to the point that Switzerland didn't dress Nico Hiescher, uh, Nino Niederreiter. Like they sat those guys down, they went with their backup goaltender, who looked terrible on the second Latvian goal. Just went right under him, but. It all built to the fact that Switzerland takes a 3-2 lead with, what, five minutes to go? And you thought, oh, great story, but it's going to come to an end. And then the Latvians responded, and they tied it at three, and it looked like they had won the Stanley Cup, the World Championship, all rolled into one. (laughs) Just when they tied it, in fact, when the buzzer sounded to force overtime, players were like, they wanted to celebrate because they were going to the quarterfinals, but there was still a game to be played, or at least overtime. Uh, And then they went on the power play in OT. So... Yeah, it was just what I mean, incredible that the building was packed. The people were standing the entire game. And then it looked like 20,000 out in the parking lot or the fan zone outside. Uh, just an absolute wild atmosphere. And we'll get more of that because now they have advanced to, to the elimination round. But Artur Solovs, I mean, this has been an incredible story that we have been sort of tracking, but it built through the long weekend. He had a shutout against Kazakhstan. He's won five straight games. Remember, the, the story was he started the tournament on the bench, and five minutes in, the hook came out for the starter. And Arthur Silovs took over from there that first game against Canada. Then they lost their second game by a score of two to one. They scored one goal in the first two games of the tournament, and it didn't look good uh, for our dear Latvians. And since then, they've been on an absolute heater, rattled off five straight victories, and Silovs has been in goal. He played more minutes than any goaltender in the preliminary round. Uh, ends up racking up a 914 save percentage at this tournament where goals are being scored all over the place. And he's now punched his ticket to uh, an elimination game against Sweden. And I was just thinking to myself, like, just being in goal in that atmosphere in a can't lose hockey game with a packed crowd, your country, Riga's his hometown. Like, what an absolute experience for Arthur Silovs. And it ain't done yet.
0: Yeah. And they'll face off against, like you said, against the Swiss team or Swedish team, that is, that uh, finished second uh, in Group A. Canada finishes second in Group B. We'll unpack the rest of the World Hockey Championship here a little bit later on on the podcast, but just wanted to touch on Archer Seeloff's incredible. It mean. was yeah. Great game, yeah! One of the better games that we've watched uh, at this tournament, and one of the better crowds you will see anywhere in hockey.
1: Let's so, go! Uh, let's take Rick uh, Let's we go! Get, yeah, we did I told the road you. trip. Yeah, we did the Kelowna road yes. trip last year. We'll just uh, bump it up a little. Get to uh, can we get to Riga in time for I that? So. Uh, yeah, that quarterfinal. All
0: right. we'll finish this up real quickly, and then we'll get those uh, <laughs>
1: flights sorted out.
0: All right. Big news around. Ah, big news. Uh, big news around the Canucks today. Yep. Vitali uh has signed in the KHL. Don't think it comes as a surprise. At least to me, it doesn't. I don't know about to you, but uh, he signed there for two years, and of course, the Canucks will qualify him. He'll still be property of the Canucks, but Vatili Kravsov will not be playing in the NHL next year. Headed
1: back to the KHL. Uh see, yeah, yes, it's how I look yeah. at that one. Yeah, uh, not a surprise to me either. Uh, you know, there was a question of what, were the Canucks going to qualify him at all. Uh, I think they will, just to retain his his North American rights, but. Uh, We all watched, and we saw the same things Rick Tockett saw. Tockett gave him opportunities. At one time, he played with Elias Pedersen for a couple of games, and there just wasn't anything there. 16 games after being picked up from the Rangers. One goal, one assist. You may recall the, the one goal on the power play against Chicago, banked in off Seth Jones, and that was it. And he was a healthy scratch at the end of the season, sat out five of the final eight games, so... You know, Aiden McDonough, who turned pro, comes out of college. He's playing ahead of Vitaly Kraftsoff You know, look, I'm not writing the guy off. He's only 23. Uh, I guess he's more comfortable in the K. I don't think he wanted any part of going down to Abbotsford and playing the American Hockey League. And he can make more money over there, I suppose. But uh, it's not the National Hockey League. You know, he, he just struck me as a guy that didn't want to go to that next level or was unwilling to sort of give the coaches what they were looking for. And we know that Rick Tockett was hard on on players to, you know, win their battles and all that kind of stuff. And it just, I don't know, he looked like a guy that wanted to be in the NHL, but maybe didn't want to put in the the work to stay in the National Hockey League.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious to how he even got drafted at ninth overall. As you sort of look at his statistics and, you know, how he's, how he rose up through the uh, KHL as well. It looks to me like his draft year, he had a really good playoff. Yeah. And it just seems like people got on that because he was a 2018 draft, to ninth overall. Uh, in the playoffs that year, he had six or 11 points in 16 games. So maybe that caught the eye. Maybe some people thought for sure. But after that, very underwhelming statistics, like really wherever he's been, yeah. including the NHL of course. And I'll go back to the KHL now. Uh, jpat to me, like... I don't know, some guys can come back, find it, this and that. I would be very surprised if Vitaly
1: Krofsov makes his way back into the NHL. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I'm not going to write him off. Again, he's only 23, he'll turn 24 just before Christmas. Uh, to your point about the draft, you know, look, he's 6'3". So, I mean, as an 18-year-old in his draft year, he had the size, he showed some flashes, and... You know, we all get geeked out when guys step up in the playoffs. And so you sort of leave the scouts with that lasting impression uh, in the postseason. So I guess I can understand that part of it. That draft was uh, its a strange draft because uh, Quinn Hughes obviously went two picks before Kravtsov. Uh, You know, there were some hits, but some misses, too, fairly high up in that draft. So I don't think we're going to look back on the 2018 draft and think that it was uh, an all-timer. And part of that was because Kravtsov went ninth overall. You know, the Rangers don't have a great track record of drafting and developing. I mean, I think uh, the jury's still very much out on Alexis Lafreniere, yeah. uh, Capo Caco. Uh, now, they were both picked a lot higher than Kravtsov, but uh, I know that that is a knock on the Ranger organization. And so the Rangers moved on from, again, all day, every day. I'm in the Canucks corner for taking the swing they did. Will Lockwood in a seventh-round pick make that trade all the time. Yeah. Um. You know, low risk. And you hope that there was some upside, but ultimately, you know, how many of those post games did we do, Andrew, where we were like, there was that rush in the second period, but that's it. Like, yeah. th- this team can't move forward. It can't improve with guys that are giving you a rush in the second period. And that's all you can remember from their night. And then they can't even get in the lineup the next game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think Kravtsov was ever going to be a Rick Tocket kind of player and we'll see. Um, he needs to figure out what he is as a professional hockey player, because we didn't see a ton of the skill. We didn't see a lot of production. We certainly didn't see a lot of grit and battle and the will to to win hockey games. Uh, you know, and, and so I'm with you. He'll go back, he'll play in the KHL, uh, go back to Chelyabinsk, where he has spent parts of four or five seasons. You know, It'll be comfortable surroundings for him, but I'm not sure that that's a great thing necessarily. Like, if, he, he just looked like a guy that was pretty comfortable with his game and yet uh, he had no reason being comfortable cuz uh, his game certainly wasn't good enough uh, to be an everyday player in the national hockey league
0: tell you blinks is that tell you blinks is that how you say it? Binks, yeah Binks? i saved it for you I, w- I wasn't going to go there i was going to talk so yeah. tractor all right huh. well that's where he's headed back uh let's hear from some of the fans he's gonna though be, he's going to be driving the
1: tractor before yeah, too long Perhaps he's not careful
0: uh, let's hear from some of the fans We put it out there At Rink Wide Van on Twitter What was your impression of Atili Kravtsov's time With the Canucks Chris says Slow, lacked intensity Seemed disinterested <laughs> Gianni says Kravtsov who? They'll get a lot of that A lot of those uh, gifts with the who on there Suri Ryan says I saw glimpses of something But those are few and far between And others are saying Chris he has the tools Appeared to lack intensity Work ethic for and work ethic for the most part So a lot of the same Coming yeah. out of the fans here they are seeing the exact same thing uh, that we are. Very few uh, have hope. I, if Actually, as I scroll through here, and there's a lot of replies, I don't see anybody. One <laughs> guy said, can't find an emoji for a bag of milk. Yeah. Uh, I don't it, know if he's quite a bag of milk. Uh, a little thinner
1: than that. But, but you just want to, I mean, you know me and do something. And there was yeah. just, there was nothing. Like, step it up. You know, make it happen. Look like. You know, this opportunity, it didn't work for you in the Rangers. So you wanted the new lease on life. You got it. You had countrymen. You had friends on this roster. Like there were no excuses for him not to have shown better than he did. And again, it was 16 games. He played 16. He was a healthy scratch for eight. So he played two thirds of the games available to him. But I didn't blame her talking at all. Like he had other options. They have so many wingers. We know that. You know, had he been a center. Uh, maybe it would have been more opportunity, but he wasn't. And they knew that when they made the, the, the acquisition, they were giving him a second look, and the second look looked an awful lot like the first look, uh, just with a different team. So, yeah, again, I I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know where it goes from here for Vitaly Kraftsoff, but I'm like you, and as I'll be surprised if. There's a second, well, I guess there's already been the second, but a a second chance, uh, you know, to go home and come back to the National Hockey League, not holding out high, high hopes that, uh, you know, this will be a turning point in his career and that he'll have many good years in the NHL after a little blip back in the K. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. and kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome.
0: All right, let's circle back on the World Hockey Championship because there was, uh, well, I guess it's the finals of the uh, preliminary rounds where today Canada beats Czechia 3-1. to one. How about the game-winner? From Tyler Myers. J-pad goals from fedsman from the Canucks. Just <laughs> not wearing a Canucks sweater. By the way, I loved the anticipation on the pinch there, too. Beautiful goal from Tyler Myers. Maybe, uh, perhaps, he's got that in his arsenal for this season.
1: I don't know. Tyler Myers was trending on Twitter in Canada. Well, I, I, I saw you tweet that, but I mean, at this time of the year, with all
0: the speculation, I kind of thought, well, it's probably part of the far for the course for him. Regardless, people would have been talking about him. But, I oh, but people were
1: like, yeah, he's trending because you've been tweeting about him. And yeah. I, I will admit, over the weekend, like, what a weekend for Tyler Myers. If we go back and work our way to present day on, was it Saturday, I think, or maybe Friday? I lose track of the days over the long weekend. But uh, I tweeted out the... In their game against Switzerland, the defensive posture where he basically just laid down in front in front of the net, like we've seen that in the NHL, it doesn't work very often. <laughs> Here, the Swiss are, they're attacking the Canadian net, and Myers just like throws his six foot nine frame on the ground and lays there and essentially blocked the goaltender from getting across the net. Uh, it wasn't a great look, and a lot of people were like no been there done that seen that don't need to see any more of it um and then on sunday canada loses to norway in a shootout like come on yeah and yet tyler myers was canada's player of the game and he got the little plaque there uh at santa rice after the game so uh you know good for myers maybe not for canada because uh, they end up losing to norway uh but they did bounce back they'd be checking today and and you're right myers uh, scored a nice goal and He's not a guy that scores an awful lot in the National Hockey League, so nope. uh, it's there deep down somewhere, um, but he played a lot. I think uh, only Mackenzie Weger played more than Tyler Myers did in the hockey game, up over 21 minutes, and uh, scored what turned out to be the game-winner. In fact, Canada sealed the deal into an empty net. So 3-1 was the final, but the Myers goal uh, was the one that put Canada in front for good. So good for Tyler Myers. Uh, again, good for anybody that uh, goes over there to represent the country. It's a long way to go, and it's a long tournament. But uh, now we're down to, you know, we've weeded out uh, the teams that uh, don't have a chance. And it's down to the final eight uh, starting on Thursday, I guess it is, uh, with the quarterfinals.
0: So I'm just looking at it. I guess with the crossover there, if Sweden is playing Latvia, that means Canada is going to play Finland yeah. in the quarters.
1: So, and that was a rematch of the gold medal game. And yeah. Now Canada's got to go to Tempura, Finland. They've been set up in Group B, which has been based in Riga. And so now they've got to go. And that's going to be tough for Canada. Um, because now you've got the home finished crowd. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, last year, that was a gold medal matchup. This time, it's uh, just the, the quarterfinals. So not nearly as much at stake. But if you want to win the tournament, you got to win that uh, first one and continue to advance. And then uh, the other story is Connor Garland has yeah. sort of come alive uh, scored and had a couple of assists in a 9 nothing romp over France on Saturday, and then scored for a second straight game. He had six shots on goal in the state's overtime win against Sweden. So Team USA finishes atop its division. Garland was named player of the game uh, for that one earlier today, and he's got seven points in seven preliminary round games. So, you know, it's funny what a, a big game against a team like France can do to the individual statistics. And I had somebody come at me on Twitter and like, oh, you were ripping him. You were carving him. And now you're like, I don't think I was ever ripping him. I think I said. He was
0: underwhelming early in the tournament.
1: Right. Before the France game, he had three points in five games. And we said with very few NHLers, like legitimate scorers from the NHL on that American roster, would have liked to have seen him sort of a little more prominent. But uh, he had a big game against France and, you know, picks up with another goal against the Swedes. And so seven points in seven games, all of a sudden, you know, that looks pretty respectable for Connor Garland, but they're going to need more as the uh, games start to gain importance here. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's come around, he's wearing the A, we've established that already. So, uh, you know, it looks like he's been a-, a contributor for Team USA. And that American team, like again they don't have a ton of big big names but they've got a lot of youth they've got some college guys they've got uh uh you know players that have tried to make a name for themselves in the American Hockey League working their way up the the ladder whatever the case the Americans have not won gold at the world since the 1930s So what? really? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. I and mean, they're they're the most dominant team in this tournament right now too the most goals scored most least against most points.
1: Yeah, Casey and Smith been good yeah. in goal for
0: them. And an underwhelming roster. Like, right. I remember when we saw it,
1: we went, what? Yeah, Ooh. exactly. And that's so. and that's why I, I thought maybe Garland would step up a little bit more. It didn't happen early, but uh, he has arrived now, and it seems like that team is rounding into form. And, you know, they're obviously going to be a difficult out uh, based on where they finished in the preliminary round. So, uh you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure they're not thinking gold medal at this stage just yet. They need three more wins to get there, but uh, pretty wide open. Like when you look at the tournament, there isn't a ton of star power. Uh, even some of those European teams, like Finland's got Niko Rantanen, um, and they have a few others. I mean, they're one of the host teams, and so you know that some of the NHL guys are going to want to hustle home to to represent their countries hosting the World Championships. But the Swedish team. I mean, we already chronicled Elias Pettersson and the reasons he's not there, and William Nylander thought he about going, and then he decided didn't want to take a spot from somebody that was already playing. Who, who perhaps was going to be his brother. His brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. So it's not a star-laden world championship, but I would say it's pretty wide open, and yeah. uh, we will see. But uh, yeah, again, it's going to be difficult. Canada up against Finland in the quarterfinals in Temporary, that's going to be a difficult one for Canada. Yeah, Fiala playing with uh, Switzerland yeah. as well. But yeah, you're right. Not a
0: not a heck of a lot of star power out there. Like seeing those youngsters, though. Leo Carlson uh, playing for Sweden. Uh, he's been doing pretty well with them as well. And then, of course, Adam Fantilli playing with Canada too. So a couple of guys
1: that are going to be up in the draft, expected to be top five picks. Oh, and while we're at it, just because we haven't done one of these over the weekend... Joe Valeno gets tossed from the tournament. Absolute bush. Embarrassing guy for Canada, really. Like, come on, man. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you can't be stomping. Like, Chris Pronger, like, stomp on a guy. Like, nah. And you know, when the International Ice Hockey Federation, they're, of course, going to crack down on that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he had to take his lumps, uh, put him on a plane. I don't know if they put him on a plane home, but he's done for the tournament. And I think they got that one right. I don't always agree with the international rules and regulations and calls, but pretty hard to defend a guy stomping on an opponent uh, in-game.
0: All right, let's get to a few more NHL notes. uh, In particular, some stuff uh, has to do with the Canucks. Rick Dollywall reporting today, all quiet on the Ethan Bear, Colin Delia, and very quiet. No contact, apparently, between the Canucks and Cal Burroughs' camp. So... Interesting notes there. Not really surprising, I don't think, JPAT, but I am a little surprised that there's been no conversation between Kyle Burroughs and the Canucks. Delia, I don't know if Delia is going to be a part of the Canucks moving forward. Ethan Bear, that one surprises me a little bit, but I do expect uh, that they'll get something done with the big D man.
1: Yeah, I'm starting to wonder. Like, Ethan Bear's had a pretty quiet world championship, but I mean, he's not a guy that's going to pop uh, most games. So he's kind of doing Ethan Bear things, but. I, I don't know, like this team is so up against it uh, already, you know, over the cap commitment for next season. And that's before you get to Ethan Bear, who's got arbitration rights and, and you know, may be able to make a pretty decent case for himself. I don't know, like I don't know that the Vancouver Canucks are going to be able to afford Ethan Bear, quite frankly. Um, and the fact that it's been as quiet as it has been now, maybe some of that is because he's overseas and he's focused on the worlds. Um, but his agent certainly could do the bidding while he's over there. I don't know. Like, they're just... its This is more of a hunch. And, like, I'm certainly not reporting anything that I've heard. I just... uh, And there's time here. I mean, it's, you know, the third weekend of May. They've got time. But we're basically just over a month away from the draft now and and beyond that into free agency. I don't know. I just kind of... My hunch is that maybe the Canucks are looking at other options and trying to figure out, is he a two, two-and-a-half-million-dollar player? Like, are you... Are you getting value there, or you know, should you be looking somewhere else? Like at this stage of the, like who would you rather have for the next two years? If you're the Vancouver Canucks, would you rather have Luke Shen or Ethan Bear? And they're not quite at the same price point, but in terms of what they can do, the role that they play, are you are you sure that that two year two years from now you're going to like Luke Shen? Like, I know, no, no, I know how much
0: we loved him this year. I know how much Leaf fans loved him.
1: And it's not an either-or. I mean, this is a hypothetical on a podcast, but, like, you know, if it feels like they turn turned their back on Kyle Burroughs, and, you know, I don't fully grasp that because uh, Rick Tockett telling everybody that'll listen that this team needs toughness, and then they trade Shen, and it sounds like, you know, there isn't much of an interest right now in bringing Kyle Burroughs back, so where's this toughness? Uh, and that's why I wonder if the door is open to Luke Shen. And, and I, look, I've been in the camp that said, you know, time to move on. You can't keep coming back. He wasn't, it, the team wasn't good enough when you had him. But man, they can use what a Luke Shen offers and, and brings from the leadership side, the toughness, all that type of stuff. So again, we've established Philip Ronick's the big dog on the right side. It looks like Tyler Myers is going to be around just based on the bonus that has to get paid in September. Uh, at least Myers will be around to start the season. So what is that, you know, is Myers, if he's a third-pairing guy, that's a big ticket for a third pair. Um, I just, I don't know. I have a tough read on what Rip Talkett and the coaching staff uh, thought of Ethan Bear. You know, like he was okay, yeah. but I'm not sure he was a whole lot better than okay. And if this team is going to get better, you're looking at either, uh, you know, finding replacements for the guys that you've got or improvement from within. I just don't know how much more Ethan Bear has. Like, again, competent, capable NHLer, But, you know, is this a guy that's still uh, on a trajectory of improvement in his career? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not sure I can sit here and say that.
0: Uh, what else we got? And Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> yeah. you, you sent me this note. I, I did actually see the video. I am not a wrestling guy whatsoever. In fact, I... I don't know. I just yeah. I find it to be, Look, it's hokey, but to me at least. But, but you know,
1: you yeah. know how much passion he had for it, right? I mean, he made that abundantly yeah. clear with the belt and uh, yeah. Kevin Owens at the draft in Montreal. Uh, and I just laughed last night, somebody posted the picture and it was of the two commentators. And I didn't even know what I was looking at at first. I was like, ah, there's Bruce and his wife in the front row. Uh, Monday night raw was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is his off season home. And so, uh, Good on Bruce and who knows who set him up with the, the front row tickets. But then I saw that uh, he was backstage with Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn as well. So, uh, uh, you know, he loves that stuff. He eats it up. And I was glad that uh, he at least had his moment uh, of fun. Um, but, yeah, I didn't watch. But I just I couldn't miss the, the photos that were making the rounds last night.
0: Do you think he's on a bench somewhere next year? No. I don't
1: um, either. I know the, the Washington Capitals looking for a head coach, and there was a story in the Athletic looking at and they mentioned Bruce, but, I mean, he's been there. He's already been with the Capitals. So I don't yeah. see them going back um, to Bruce Boudreaux, and, you know, things are starting to heat up. Now, interesting name that's getting floated around, getting a little bit of shine is Brad Shaw, who yeah. was here for a year as an assistant coach and then left for Philadelphia, family back east, wanted to be a little closer to family. Um, now he's being linked to both the Capitals and the Anaheim Ducks. And I'm not suggesting he's a front-runner, but this is a guy that's certainly paid his dues as an assistant, an associate coach, uh, was an interim head coach on the island for half a season. And we'll see if Brad Shaw, I mean, he's a defensive guru. Uh, at least that was always, you know, the defenseman whisperer, uh, penalty kill and those types of things. We'll see uh, where it goes for Brad Shaw. And I know that some people now are, you know, floating this notion of uh, Travis Green maybe getting an opportunity in Calgary. Uh, we'll see. I mean, again, I expect Travis Green is going to get another look at some point, somewhere, but, uh um, you know, he's at Calgary. I know that uh, Mitch Love, their uh AHL coach, twice an AHL coach of the year. You know, people are saying, like, what more can he prove to the Flames? Like, it kind of, it feels like, you know, he's deserve, deserving an opportunity to get a promotion to the National Hockey League. So will the Flames go in-house or, uh, you know, let's see where the coaching search Now that they've got their front office assembled, maybe we'll uh, get a few more clues about uh, what they're thinking with a head coach in Cowtown. Do you think a team like Calgary that is, you know, got,
0: uh, I don't would you think they're in a Stanley Cup window? I know they didn't make the playoffs right now, but they sort of built their team to be in that sort of window. Do you think they would go with a, a coach like Travis Green who hasn't, You know, he's been an NHL coach, but really hasn't had success at the NHL level.
1: Yeah, I don't know what Craig Conroy and Dave Nonis are thinking at this point. But, uh, you know, Mitch Love certainly hasn't any NHL experience to your question. Yeah, I mean, look, they had an off year. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think we know a lot of the reasons. Uh, They need more from Jonathan Huberto. I don't know that they're going to get 115 points like he had in his last year in Florida. But they need more. And they need sort of, you know, just him to dig in a little bit on a more often basis. So, um, you know, there was some talk about uh, Andrew Brunette who was there behind the bench in Florida and seemed to have a pretty good working relationship with Hubert O. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a guy that uh, yeah. the Calgary flames take a look at who does have some NHL experience. Uh, you know, not the Travis obviously has five years behind the Canucks bench, but a uh, pretty low profile of late. So we'll see if uh, he's able to get his hat back in, in the ring, um, you know, there are still a bunch of openings around, but uh, starting to see things heat up, whether it's Mike Babcock in Columbus. Is that actually going to happen?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, boy. If you're Johnny Kudrow, too, you're like, what? <laughs> I just signed well, up here. They went down the, you know, inexperienced, unproven Brad Larson route the last time. I can yeah. see them. They've been with, you know, they've tried Ken Hitchcock in there before. Torch has been there. Uh, you know, so they've certainly gone with the veteran guys as well. Uh, it's always about finding the right fit for, you know, your team at that moment in time. I don't know. I mean, we'll see if Mike Babcock is the guy for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like, you know, we're starting to see teams get down to some short lists. And and I guess we'll have to see. I mean, I don't don't anticipate any of the final four coaches getting relieved of their duties. So I don't think we're going to see any more openings. I guess the only one is Toronto to see if... And ultimately, uh, if Sheldon Keefe holds on to his job, or if uh, they're looking for both a coach and a general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Peters on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the dome will be rocking. Should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just thirty bucks, and kids seventeen and under can get in for fifteen. So bring the noise, fill the dome
0: wide Vancouver is presented by Bodog. Make a play, a Canvas choice for free casino game sports odds and poker strategies. Let's get into some playoff talk, which is presented by our buddy Jason Hominick at Jason.Mortgage. The uh, Florida Panthers, J-Pat, I I mean, at some point, we're going to have to acknowledge what they're doing here because it's unbelievable. Now at three buzz over the Carolina Hurricanes, goalie Bob is absolutely unreal. The stats for the series, and we know how well he, he did uh leading up to this but 978 save percentage he's averaging 44 saves a game in the series unbelievable stuff and storybook stuff cinderella if you will from the florida panthers
1: yeah and look if you're the carolina hurricanes like i think you you have a legitimate case to say that you've actually played pretty well but the name of the game is did you score and they certainly didn't last night and I mean, it's crazy to think Jalen Chatfield, I like my defenseman goals, but uh, (laughs) he's the only Hurricane to beat Bob in the last, what is it, 10 periods now, including that uh, super overtime game one of the series. So that's not exactly a formula that's going to work for you if you're Carolina. And I see a lot of people going, yeah, you know, these are the Hurricanes. This is the problem. Every year they don't have that game breaker. But even if they did have a game breaker, I'm not sure he's scoring because, Seems to me the Toronto Maple Leafs had a fair number of game breakers in their series. They couldn't beat him. And they yep. couldn't beat him either. Yep. Uh, Bob is just locked in. He's playing that well. And man, talk about a confident team that understands sort of, uh, you know, who it is, what it is, how it wants to play and then playing that system. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think Caroline is coming back, but I mean, three, one goal losses, two of them in overtime, you can't sit here and say that, you know, they haven't shown up or they haven't played well. They just haven't scored. And, That's got to be frustrating for them, but uh, one game at a time, you can't win four at once. You have to chip away. And, you know, when I look at the way the first three games in that series have gone, could Carolina have won any? Like, just think what one goal, one more goal in this series so far. And it's probably two to one for Florida, and the Panthers would be happy with that. But I think the Hurricanes would be okay if they're down two to one going into game four. So, you know, margins are so fine at this time of the year. but as we've made a policy here on Rinkwide, like nobody wants to talk about chances after games. I want to, I want to talk about the goals that are scored. And Carolina just has not done enough of that. So, yeah, wild to think that uh, Florida is on the verge of a trip to the Stanley Cup final. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the hockey world has to have learned by now that if they get to the final, you know, don't bet against them. Like, they, they, maybe they're a team of destiny. Who knows? Um, but they know how to play their game. And, And their game has them in a pretty good position now. And we'll see if Vegas can join them in that same position up 3-0 after Game 3 as the West shifts to Dallas for uh, the next couple of games.
0: Yeah, that's uh, where we'll focus our Bodog best bet tonight. Uh, It's 2-0 in the series, of course, for VGK. We hit our best bet on Friday. We had the Golden Knights on the money line at minus 125. Uh, As much as I want to get plus money, and I'm looking at Vegas at plus 130 on the money line tonight, I just think Dallas is going to make this a series, so I am going to take the Dallas Stars on the money line. Got to pay a little bit of money to make some at minus 150, Uh, but the people feel that Dallas are going to get themselves back into the series tonight. I also feel that way tonight. I think Dallas will get themselves back into this one. I I, I don't know if this one's going to go the distance, per se, because you just don't know what this Vegas Golden Knight team, they just seem to, I don't know, every time you think they're sort of maybe going to go down. They just keep rising back up. So don't know if necessarily the series will go uh, long, but I do feel like tonight Dallas will cut it in half.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the outset, I think everybody figured that uh, Dallas had uh, quite an in goal uh, with Jake Ottinger and Aiden Hill uh, who came on in that Edmonton series and hasn't looked back. And, you know, we should uh, have the back of our, our BC boy, uh good Islander Um you know, he's given Vegas enough goaltending, and so good on him. And, you know, they didn't make us wait around for four overtimes. They're taking care of business and getting it done relatively early uh in those games. Ryan Suter, I'm not sure what he was thinking on that, uh the tying goal, the 2-2 tying goal. Brutal giveaway, and then totally lost so and so as you can't. You can't let Jonathan Marcheseau roam wild in the playoffs. The guy, he'll kill you, and he did the other day. Um So, yeah, I mean, I sort of sense that Dallas, I don't know if they're due, but I, I kind of am with you that they're going to find a way to get the job done. I still think Vegas will prevail in the series, but uh, uh, the Eastern final looks like it's going to be over in a hurry here. So uh, I don't know. I mean, that would be interesting dynamic if the one series was a sweep and the other one was to go six or seven. Uh, obviously, we push the Stanley Cup final back a, a little bit, so uh, we'll worry about that in time. Uh, but if you're the Dallas Stars, I would advise getting a win tonight rather than uh, going down 3 nothing and thinking that you're going to be able to come all the way back against a team like Vegas.
0: You see uh, Brooks Koepka at the Florida Panthers oh. game. He yeah, was
1: Brady Kachuk in the sweep yeah.
0: there. <laughs> I'm just wondering how many hours of sleep that Koepka had. Not many. Uh, before that game, because, of course, he won the uh, PGA Championship over the weekend. You and I had our picks. Mm-hmm. We both had uh, local boys, uh, Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor. You had Hadwin, I had Taylor. Taylor didn't make the cut. At plus seven, he doesn't make the cut. Hadwin made the cut, ends up at T40 at plus six. Tough tournament, though. It, it was low scores in it. And, uh, of course, Brooks Kepka, as I mentioned, takes home the championship, his fifth major in that one. But our picks uh, didn't come anywhere close, J-Pat.
1: No, but mine came closer than yours. So that's really all that matters. Adam Hadwin uh, and Adam Svensson both made 46000 bucks. So uh, two of the three BC guys made it to the weekend, yeah, Oak Hill, an absolute beast, especially on Saturday in the rain. Uh, but they got some nice weather on Sunday. And, of course, uh, Brooks Kepper was one story. And Michael Block, the club professional, was the other. So, uh, yeah, some great storylines uh, coming out of that. And hopefully the BC guys and all of the Canadians, uh, you know, continue to have uh, decent seasons as they are out there on the PGA Tour. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the focus of this pod generally is hockey and not so much golf. But we tried to tie the two of them together uh, just to, you know. Up the interest level a yes. little bit uh, over the weekend there at the PGA, but you know, anytime I top you in any sort of wager, you know it's a it's a good day. you on Ring quiet.
0: Well, I hope everybody enjoyed their long weekends. I know uh, we did, and we're back at it now. So we'll be back at you for the rest of the week
1: with another and edition. Just before we run, let's a big thanks to to Juggy again. Oh uh, yeah, Jugry Bazua who joined us on Friday. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen. Just an incredible story. You know, the anthems, people have seen them, they probably know the name, but we got the backstory, we got the goods from Juggy. he was a great guest, a lot of fun, and just his passion uh, for the sport of hockey, and again, when you think that he hasn't been able to see a moment of hockey, and to... Have that passion for the sport. And then, you know, I was thinking to myself too, like anytime that you or I have uh, questions about, you know, salary structures and you go to cap friendly, you take all that for granted. <laughs> like he's got all that in the, the, yeah. the back of his mind, just rattling yeah. off stats and contracts and all. It was great. It was just a, a really good visit. So, well, uh, uh, we got some nice feedback. So thank you to people that uh, checked that out. And again, the beauty of the podcast is it lives on there. So uh, if you're looking for some easy listening, Check out Juggy's story. He was a great guest with us on Friday.
0: Yeah, we'll start d- diving into some of these free agents that the Canucks could be looking at as well as uh, we're starting to dwindle down in the NHL season, so the off-season stuff will start ramping up here around the league. But we'll get to that all in due time here on the Rink-Wide Vancouver podcast presented by Bodog for Jeff Patterson. I'm Andrew Wadden. Remember, Rink-Wide is the show. It's the show.